Boom. Welcome to Texans Talk. I'm Josh McSwain here with my co-host, AJ Torres. We got a lot of Texans news coming at you today. First off, disgruntled Deshaun. There are developments. Finally! Yay! Yep. He says he's coming back to camp. Much like Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I won't get fined. And the Texans seem like they're finally open to trading him. Well, at least they're admitting it this time around. Although, can he actually be traded? Like I said, and we've discussed this with Aaron Rodgers, if anyone is going to trade for a guy that expensive and that talented, it's a little bit different because Deshaun is much younger. Indeed. But he's still a top five quarterback. Yes. But because of money and assets and everything else, there's only three teams that could possibly trade for him, and that is with uh, more people filing police reports, but we won't get into that. So uh, the best scenario for Deshaun Watson if for his trade partners here, the Eagles, the Broncos, or the Raiders, otherwise, good luck. And right now, the Broncos haven't been able to figure it out since their year they won the Super Bowl. The Raiders are the Raiders, and the Eagles, well, I think you're going to be in a similar situation over there, so good luck with that, Deshaun. Well, also, the Dolphins have been rumored to be interested in Deshaun, but I don't know how quickly they're going to give up on Tua, though I was never a Tua fan to begin with, and I personally would make a deal like that, depending on, you know, what all was involved for both sides, I'm saying. So essentially, if you're going to trade for Watson, it would be Tua and two first rounds. I'm uh, just, just, my, just my opinion. I think the Texans would ask for more than that. You have to remember that Bob sent two first-rounders to the Browns to get the draft spot to get Deshaun. So I think he'd be asking for more than that in return. I saw an article today saying that the Texans wanted five different players, well, combination of players and draft picks That's in return for Watson. And that is a little before. crazy. But I think a, a deal with the Eagles could be possible here. I okay. mean, let's say that Jalen Hurts comes the other way. Zach Ertz gets thrown in on, on the deal. And then you might have two first-round picks and then maybe a player on defense. I don't know. Or maybe it's just a third-rounder that gets thrown in. I'm not 100% sure what exactly that would look like. But you have to remember, Philly has their first-round pick. They have the first-round pick they got from the Dolphins for them finagling in this year's draft, the irony in that. And then they might have another <laughs> first-round pick just due to the Colts and the Wentz trade. So, between all that, I would say Philly is most the most likely destination at this point. I don't know if somebody like Derek Barnett would be thrown in on the deal. Probably not Fletcher Cox though people could dream at this point. And really not sure who else defensively 
the Texans would want from the Eagles. So obviously in that trade is going to have to be Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah, you figure that has to be part of the deal. Jalen Hurts has to be involved in that right there. Let's see. I'm trying to look on the website. It says the depth chart is compiled by the Eagles Public Relations Department. That's all it says right now. Let's see if we go to roster. Okay. Well, while we're looking that up, let's go for the trade that was made, which was Anthony Miller coming from the Bears down to Houston. I remember the Bears traded up to get Miller out of Memphis, and everybody had high hopes, and it just kind of puttered out very quickly. Now, you look at Miller's rookie season when the Bears made that surprise 12-4 and year. Mitchell Trubisky actually looked somewhat decent, throwing 24 touchdowns, just 12 interceptions. Miller that season had 33 catches and seven touchdowns. He led the team in receiving touchdowns that year, pretty sure, though it was actually his lowest amount of receptions. Last two years, he's had 52 and 49 catches, with a high of 656 yards coming in 2019. But in the last two years, he's only caught four touchdown passes. Very sporadic. Yes. So I don't know what to expect from him this year at all. I don't know if it was just not a good fit in Chicago's system. The quarterback play held him back. How about just Chicago? Can we just put that label on it? Let's just label it as, eh, Chicago. You know what? At this point, I'll allow it. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it is a guy with experience. But, again, to me, if you look at the wide receiver depth, even if you put some of these guys on special teams – I mean, I understand that some of these guys don't have guaranteed money and all that, but for the guys that they drafted, for the guys that uh, are young, again, just a confusing move to me, unless they think that they're maybe trading Cooks and Cobb. Is that is that uh, on the table at all? You got I all of highly wide- doubt that Cooks would be dealt. Cobb, I don't know that he has much, if any, trade value at this point. I'm just saying, man, why would you bring in, like, you got like a dozen wide receivers at this point. You're not going to need all of them. And I know that some are going to be cut. I'm just saying, what's the point of bringing them all in? If you look at the positions uh, at need, right? Like, look at the pass rushers you have right now. You have double, possibly triple the amount of wide receivers than you do pass rushers. Well, yeah, there is a glut of them. I'll give you that. But I think there's a lot of guys that are on expiring contracts or kind of in their last chance. Like even Miller, he didn't have his fifth year option waived, so he'll be a free agent after this season. So I think it's a low risk situation for the Texans and well the Bears just wanted rid of him I think like we discussed a few weeks ago that 
Taewon Taylor's not going to make the team. Alex Erickson's not going to make the team. Chris Moore, probably not going to make it. I think Dante Moncrief's not going to make it. Damon Hazelton, extreme long shot at this point. So then we have Chris Conley, Isaiah Coulter fighting with the favorites of Miller, QT, Collins, Cook, Roberts, and Cobb. I mean, again, it's just a lot of guys that are proving that they got it or that they still got it. Still got it would be Conley's case. Coulter, obviously young guy, but he was only a fifth-round pick, so I don't think they have much, if anything, really tied up in him. QT, obviously he's got to stay healthy. Oh, of course. So, I mean, of those eight guys, I think one or two of them will be on the practice squad. And, you know, the rest of them make the roster. Obviously, you know, Cooks will be on the active roster and Roberts and and Cobb and Collins. QT is kind of on the bubble. And acquiring Miller might have burst someone else's bubble. I agree. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not excited about the Miller acquisition, but I don't think it was a bad move either. No, not not All you bad, gave up was confusing. a late-round pick swap with the Bears. It's like, okay, fine, whatever. And I'm looking at the this Eagles team right here. Their offense, uh, as far as like their wide receivers, very young. Mm-hmm. Tight ends, once uh, I'm pretty sure Zach Ertz is going to get dealt. Not too bad. True. I'm just wondering, like, I don't know. Is there, like, an offensive tackle and a defensive player they could add in with Hertz and uh, a pick to make it a trade? I mean, I kind of – it sucks with the NFL because I just hate it when they say, oh, yeah, by the way, if you demand out and we have to trade you, we have to – we're uh, hit for this amount of money. Again, I kind of just wish it was more like basketball where it's just kind of like, hey, if you're trading a guy, we could trade for players. You know what I mean? Right. As in, oh, uh, we're not getting a draft pick. We're not getting this amount. It's like we're getting players. Or if you go, if like uh, how Major League Baseball does it, there's certain contracts that get wacky. Like imagine a guy mm. being a, a five-year deal, right? It's like, okay, you get two players, and the first year, you pay the contract. We're on the hook for the R four years. It's always confusing when you try to do a blockbuster in the NFL because it's like, how much does the team pay? What's the return? Players, picks, all that. Right. I was actually just thinking about this. I don't know if Randall Cobb might be an option as a surprise cut candidate. He is 30 years old, but looking at his contract, he has a base salary of over $8 million this year. His cap hit would be about $10 million. 
and then he there is a potential out after this season. So I think Cobb probably stays. I don't think QT or Miller would take his spot per se. But looking toward the future, you got to wonder what exactly they're going to do. Maybe the team really believes in Isaiah Coulter and they think that he can be something someday and they're going to stick with him. And then, you know, potentially in 2022, Cobb and Miller would be out of the way. That's an option if one of these top six guys, and I'm going to call them because they're the top six, the depth chart I'm looking at right now, I'd say QT probably has the most likely chance of being released. But if you look at his contract real quick, I don't know that he's owed anything after this year either, but I would just like to make sure of that. Again, QT's only 24 years old. He would be an unrestricted free agent after this year as well. Obviously, his cap hit is only a little over a million. And... Not much. There would not be much dead cap if they were to release him, so... Understood. Yeah, I guess he would be the most likely cut candidate of the guys that have been in Texans uniform for a little while now. I'm still trying to figure out how a trade would actually work, and that's the best case scenario. But I I think that the uh, bad marriage of the Texans and uh, Deshaun Watson is going to have to is going to have to just deal with each other. And it's an epically bad marriage, too, if you think about it. Well, I mean, everything was going all right until this offseason. Of course, we don't know what really is true or not true about him having a say in the selection of the head coach. Was that a story just cooked up by his agent to try to justify him wanting out? Or not. It's one of those things where you see uh, something on the sidewalk or the side of the road. There's a sign taped to it says, does not work, but could be fun if you fix it. Possibly. Although I think we're past that. But again, this is going to be a bad uh, I'll just call it divorce phase. We're talking as in this is going to be like a sitcom where they're both uh, bringing in partners uh, in out the door in front of each other, and they just have to deal with it because they know the writing's on the wall. Actually, I don't think the two parties have much obligation to each other at all. I think it could be broken off more easily than the Rogers and Green Bay marriage. But if you want to hear more about that, Why don't you go check out the All Football Podcast where we talk about that and how that's probably being repaired. But let's get on with our positional series. We're going to be looking at the offensive line today. 
So we're going to start out in the middle. Center position has been once kind of been in flux for years. We've had numerous guys going through there. Greg Mance, Nick Martin, among others. They brought in Justin Britt this offseason. He's a six-year veteran. Played at Missouri recently with the Seahawks. 30 years old, coming off an injury. Not exactly the guy you kind of want to be starting out with. Then you've got Cole Toner, four-year veteran out of Harvard. Then they signed Ryan McCollum from Texas A&M, undrafted rookie. So one of these guys probably does not make the team. I'm guessing Britt will be on the team, probably most likely to start, and maybe he'll surprise us and really solidify that position. I think McCollum is somewhat of a long shot to make the roster. All right. That's understood. So, uh, question. Uh, they said they had uh, Titus Howard. I believe he's moving to uh, – I believe they were talking about him going to center? I think he'd be more likely to play guard, which might make sense because it looks like there's a glut of offensive tackles on this roster. I think it's going to be either Howard or Marcus Cannon moving inside. Yep. yep, Marcus Cannon, 33 years old, one of the collection of former Patriots that everybody in Houston seems to enjoy. Oh, of course, of course, of course. No, nothing new. Oh, no, certainly not. Nothing new at all. So it looks like, depending on the situation here, maybe Cannon, is he going to start the year on the pup list? The pup I list? mean, with all the injuries he had endured in New England, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, let's see. Right now, he's on the uh, physical or unable to perform list as we speak. Him and uh, Lane Taylor. Right. So that takes a jammer to this offensive line depth. So I think it yes. makes it more likely that Titus Howard moves in to play right guard, and Charlie Heck ends up the starting right tackle. But the positive side for some Heck. of these other guys, like Jaron Christian, is that they might make the roster if Lane Taylor and Marcus Cannon are on the pup list. Max Sharping seems to have the left guard spot solidified. And... Looking at some other guys here, Justin McCray, five-year veteran from UCF. Looks like he will be sort of that third guard, if I had it, had to guess. How do you feel about Charlie Heck, just out of curiosity? To be honest, I feel like he's better as a swing tackle, a third guy. But if you had to start him week one, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. Good, not great kind of thing. Yeah, not your first option, but not a bad option sort of situation. So we're so we're not going to be pulling our hair out uh, week one, right? I wouldn't well, think over, so. Over, well, over that that decision, at least, it's going to be a rough year for. 
Texans fans, that's no doubt, but at least that decision isn't going to be eating everyone's brain, right? I would say that is how I anticipate. Also, this is assuming that Howard moves in to play guard. That, again, is a bit of an assumption on my part, but one I think that has some basis to it. And then you have Carson Green, another rookie from Texas A&M, trying to make the roster as a tackle. Hmm. Now, if you look at the depth chart from rlads.com, it has him listed as a guard, so maybe he would be another guy who could move inside. A lot of different names here. Got another guy. Not, I'm sure I'm going to butcher this name, but Jalte Frohold, listed as a guard, three-year veteran from Arkansas. Yep, that is uh, definitely a hard name to pronounce. But hey, 6'5", 3'10", it can't hurt. It's true. So, all in all, I think there will probably be eight offensive linemen who will be active. And, you know, if you have Taylor and Cannon on the pup list, it looks like I would say those would be Britt, Toner, Sharping, Tunzel, Howard, Heck, and then maybe Roderick Johnson, and then McCray. There yeah, could be a surprise in there. Some there. Right. Maybe Frohold steps up and takes one of those spots. You think Carson Green starts on the uh, practice squad? Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some others on the practice squad, too. I think Frohold, Green. Those are probably my candidates for the practice squad right now. All right. Sounds pretty good to me. That's a lot of – the offensive line position, I think – if Watson's going to come back and he's going to play, hear me out on this. There is a lot of years where just not too far away, uh, at least when you break up the map of the United States, there is a team not too far away that you would swear every defensive drive they would give up a touchdown and they had a quarterback that would put them right into it. You remember those uh, couple years with the Saints? Mm-hmm. It would be like the second quarter, and it would be twenty-eight to twenty-eight, and uh, the next team gets the ball, and this Drew Brees is hoping. I hope that they actually get the stop this time. Right. This could, this could potentially be the Texans' team, but they need an offensive line to hold their ground. The running back depth is there. The wide receiver depth is there. The tight end depth has potential. And they got top five quarterback. Then it's Mm -hmm. just, hey, what can the defense do and what can the offensive line do as a whole to keep the offense going? Yeah, that's true. That could be one of those uh, teams that uh, we've seen Drew Brees play for. And if you say that's not the case, then 
I would love to I'd love for anybody to tell me who's a dependable guy in the defensive backfield right now. Who is going to be that guy that you fear on the offensive front seven? I'm sorry, the defensive front seven. Who's that guy you're supposed to just fear? Who's that guy that's going to be consistent? Are we going to have Ross Blacklock suddenly come out of Hayden and have him be Superman? There's so many what ifs. Yes. There's so, there's so many people that think that this is going to be uh, a winless team, even with uh, added game into the schedule. But again, this depends on Watson and how well this team does as a whole, new coach, new chemistry, probably new play calling. Mm-hmm. So being optimistic aside, there's hope. Yes. But the pieces, if the pieces fall apart, I can see this as a one or two win team. Right. It depends on the strategy, if they're just trying to tank or if they're actually trying to contend, which – well, contend for what is a good question because I don't know if they're in the same class as the Colts or the Titans, even if Watson is back at 100%. Like, this is just some dysfunction right now, and I just think tank on. Tank on, huh? Yeah, that's my thought. Obviously, you went big trading all your early picks away the past couple years that didn't work out. So now we just tank for a little bit, and then we come out better in a couple of years. That's always been my thought at this moment. But, you know, I get it. These front office guys, they realize that winning is what keeps their job. So they might have different priorities than me. So we got to be talking about the draft come, what, October and compared to other guys, or what's going to be the case? Yeah, I think there's a chance that happens. I mean, even though that we're rebranding everything else and we're going to say, hey, this is what we got going on, hell, there might be a chance where we're going to be talking about basketball and hockey come October because it might be just more lifting for everybody else. And we might be, heck, we might need a sponsor for a pharmacy because they're going to be selling people listening to the podcast and all the fans a lot of drugs after what this is going to be like. Floor, ceiling, whatever, it's going to be piss poor. Any pharmacy that wanted to sponsor the show, please let us know. We'll help you sell the drugs to mend the pain. Yes, might have to get an under track for this just to have oh, the pain. Ah, the pain. Uh, the ever so disgraceful There you pain. have it, folks. Uh, well, that's our outlook on the offensive line coming into this year and all the news with Watson and Miller coming in. You got any final thoughts? Hope. Hope is the word, but hope is not a plan. 
You are most certainly correct. It is not. But when are we hoping that hope arrives? I'm not hoping for a little bit. In fact, I'm well, hoping that the rebuild is successful. I'll just say this. The way that this team is going based on the general manager, well, he's fairly new, but I'll just go by this. Based on the ownership of this team, the only field that the Texans are going to be on for a January is going to be a golf course for the next two or three years. In January, some teams are going to be on a practice field. Or on Sunday, a playoff game. Nope. The next two or three years, the Texans, the only field they're going to find themselves on is a golf course. I'm not Just even sure that's a field, but close enough. Hey, it's got turf. It's got green grass. they got uniforms. Well, when you put it that way, I just can't argue against it. <laughs> Especially with that smirk. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, that about wraps it up for us. So thank you for listening. You can check us out on Twitter at Texans Talk Pod and keep tabs as we look to unveil our new image and name for next week's show. But until then, on behalf of AJ Torres, I'm Josh McSwain. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.